Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. I want to welcome to the program my friend and colleague, the Reverend Kayla J. Kayla J., welcome to Evening Words. Oh, we can't hear you, Kayla J. I think you might be on mute. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. I'm so excited to be on uh, Evening Words with you all today. Thank you so much for for coming on, um, uh, uh, Kayla J. And I, I asked you on to talk about a pretty serious <clears throat> um, um, issue. Obviously, um, uh, there was a recent shooting at, at Pastor Joel Olstein's Lakewood Church. And and the reason why I wanted to have you come on, because I wanted to give folks a sense of Olstein's church and just how big it is. I'm going to talk a little bit about the diversity of Houston and obviously uh, the horrific, uh, yet another horrific shooting taking place in in a place of worship. But I'll preface this by saying this too, Kayla, like a lot of black folks follow and listen to Joel Olstein, right? And like, I got yeah. friends of mine who like literally like they, they listen to Olstein on Sundays and they're like in my inbox and in my text box with like quotes from, 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 from Olstein. So talk a little bit about the impact of Olstein's ministry in our community as well. No, Joel Olstein is probably the first televangelist I've ever tuned into. Uh, when I used to get dressed for church in the morning as a child, I used to have Joel Olstein on. He used to come on channel 29, uh, at 6 a.m. Cause I had to be at church by about 7.30. Um, and I would be watching Joel Olstein while getting dressed. And he caught me because he always told the corniest joke at the beginning of every sermon. And I just thought that was really cool that this guy would just come on and 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 try. I would mm-hmm. say try to infuse comedy into uh, a, a religious space. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, that was just eye uh, groundbreaking and eye opening. But that corny joke really blessed a lot of people, right? A lot of folks liked the corny joke like I did and tuned in uh, because his messages were always inspirational, especially mm-hmm. during a time where. A lot of preachers were preaching prosperity gospel, you know, turn around 10 times and you'll get a, you'll get a cat, you know, <laughs> uh, d- donate $50 and you'll have $50,000. Like Ooh. that d- during that time when I was when I was growing up, prosperity preaching was was a big thing. Uh, so yeah. it was really beautiful to have just an inspirational preacher that always just talked about good things happening to good people and good things coming for you just for being good. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know, some people say he's a bit controversial because he just said good things happen to good people. He doesn't always say Jesus uh, per se, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he was just an inspirational man, always very encouraging, always with a smile. And that broke the, the racial barrier. So mm-hmm. if you needed something good to hear, no matter if you were black, white, Hispanic, you were listening to Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. As as it turns out, the service wherein this horrific shooting took place was a dedicated service for Spanish speaking congregants. And and so I don't know if that's part of why this service was targeted. I think the investigation is still un, un, unfolding, but it's clear that that Reverend Osteen reached out to a lot of different people through his ministry. Yeah. So um, I. As I was doing some more some more research, uh, Dr. Peterson, on this, it was actually in that transition time. So okay. for people that are not familiar with mega 
with mega churches and how they do ministry on Sunday mornings, uh, they usually hold about four to five services. Uh, and I believe Lakewood only holds four services. Um, so this was, you say only like four services. You say only like four services is not a lot. <laughs> In mega churches is really not. Um, wow. I worship with a church elevation church, mm-hmm. uh, I believe they have six services a day. Wow. Um, and they, they have them all throughout with the latest service starting at 10 p.m. at night because they say, you know, some people work on Sundays and they can only get to church at this time. Or for folks that are doing the overnight shift, maybe they sleep during the day and come to mm. church before they go to work. So a lot of mega churches have multiple services on Sunday to um, not always get money. I know a lot of people always think that, but they really hold multiple services to uh, reach the masses of the people where they need to be. Mm, mm. Um, and Lakewood is one of those churches. So they're the main church service time, which everybody knows 11 a.m. on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that transition after their after the main morning worship service into the Spanish only service that starts at two was when this took place. So it was people entering and exiting the sanctuary at the same time. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I don't know if this was a targeted time, but any any anybody knows that a moment of transition is always usually chaotic and just um lots of lots of people so if this more was vulnerable planned, from security more vulnerable from a security yes, perspective right because secu- especially at mega churches you have a lot of security in the parking lot at this point mm-hmm. trying to get people out of parking spaces and into other parking spaces so it is usually just very chaotic um and and a perfect time to do something like this which is sad to say mm mm so the the alleged shooter, you know, some of this news is starting to come out now. I just wonder what your thoughts are about all this. I mean, the alleged uh, shooter had a history of mental health, some run-ins with the law. But but there are some things that are always familiar about these shootings. You know, what's the gun? It's an AR-15, right? It's, that's right. pretty common across across pistol. That is not a pocket <laughs> pistol. I mean, folks in this listening on you all know what kind of gun it is, but is it is a weapon of mass destruction when you're talking about a place like mm-hmm. like a a, mm-hmm. a a house a house of of worship but what what are your thoughts about 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 this piece you know the the the, the shooter the mental health the AR15 and the same story it feels like that we have all the time around these these shootings so doc it's only the same shooting when the when the shooter is not melanated Mm. <laughs> uh, I used to talk all the time on crosswords, um, especially when we had that mass shooting that took place in Buffalo, New York, um, with the same type of rifle, right? A, mm-hmm. a, a young man, uh, a white young man went into a black church and, you know, just found out oh, he had a manifesto and, oh, he had mental illness. And now it's the same thing. Right. I think the difference is and why it's so uh, more broad streamed is that Joel Osteen Church was not a church of color. Mm-hmm. Even though this was happening before uh, a, a time of worship for people of color, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, in that transition time, I still find it devastating, right? As a person who goes to church for solace, as a as a person who goes to church and is supposed to feel security, this again shakes me up and say, "Am I truly safe mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. church?" Mm-hmm. You know. People should not have to always constantly look over their shoulder in a in a, in a supposed safe place, right? In a mm. sanctuary. Literally, That's what we a, call it, literally sanctuary. a sanctuary. Right? 
Um, you know, it doesn't matter how big the church is or how small the church is. You're, when you go into your place of worship on Sunday mornings or on Friday evenings, whenever you may worship, you are supposed to feel like this is a time where you can be open and vulnerable with your God. And yet again, we find our t- we find ourselves in a place where people are not being are not being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, now you you asked me before, and I don't think I I ever said it, but Joel Osteen's church is actually the converted football stadium in Houston. Uh, it is large. That's so how big it you, is. If you take a look at the Lincoln Financial Field, it's two of those. Wow. <laughs> It's two of those. Wow. It is it is the largest church in Houston, Texas. Um, I've had the opportunity to drive past it. Mm. Um, I have not had a chance to go in it, mm. but I've had a chance to drive past it. And it is huge. It's beautiful, though. Mm-hmm. And just to know that he turned this old place where people used to come and cheer on the Houston Texans into a place where people come and cheer on Jesus is just amazing. That is amazing. It's so also, I, I just want y'all to know how big, how big it is. is. Yeah, when you say megachurch, when you say megachurch, you mean megachurch. <laughs> and just to, just to be clear, is what's the threshold for a megachurch? Is it like what what number determines what number of congregants determines a megachurch from not a megachurch, roughly speaking? So usually when, when we say mega church, you're looking at a place that can hold at least uh, the minimum mm-hmm. of 5,000 people. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. I mean, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. in a church. I, I do want to say prayers out and up for, for the victims. One of the victims that was shot has been released from the hospital, but there is still a child who's, who's critically uh, injured in, in, and in fact, I believe this child was shot in the head, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm, yes. they're, they're, they are still alive and, uh, I hope expect to survive. But what are you seeing? What, what are you reading about the current stuff in terms of the victims of the story, Reverend Kayla? Um, same. And, and here, here's the sad part for me. Um, I, I'm praying for every victim, whether they were shot or not shot, because this is again traumatizing. That's right. For the, for that congregation and for the right. people watching. The people that call that place home, this is this is traumatizing. They may not have been hit, but they are mm. truly hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and like you only, like you said, I've only read that two people were injured mm-hmm. uh, in this, and that was a, a man and a young child. And this is what throws me off, uh, Doc. The young child was the woman's. The young child came in with the woman, right? And it is unclear at this point whether uh, the child was just caught in the crossfire between uh, their parent. And the the police officers, or if the woman shot the own the child herself, uh, this is devastating. Devastating. This is devastating to know that you know. I don't know if it was a habit for them to get up and go to church in the morning, mm-hmm. right? And maybe mm-hmm. maybe she told them, "We're going to a new church today, baby." You know, but just to know that I got up to go to church with my parent today, and uh, <laughs> now yes. I'm in the hospital fighting for my life. It's and my my parent is and my parent is gone. Right. I can't even imagine how that child is going to feel when they wake up. It, that that is that is heartbreaking to me. It is to know that you put your child in danger. Mm. I I can I can't even imagine the mindset one have to be in to bring their child to commit mass murder. Right. Nobody's talking about that piece. Right. Like. Right. You're again. You went in with a a a, a rifle, not a not a pocket pistol. A- you went AR-15. in with a rifle and a trench coat. That's it's right. hot in Texas. Okay, that's right. Hey, that's you, right. <laughs> and a trench coat to hide this, meaning you knew exactly what you were doing, mm-hmm. and just to bring a child to witness all that. 
It, it, you're I right. I don't understand. No, it, 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 you're right. It is horrific. And, and thank you for bringing up the really important point, because I think sometimes because there's such it's so iterative that we have these shootings and these horrible situations that we, you know, we talk about the victims. We talk about the shooter, but we don't talk about the survivors of the trauma itself, right? That there are mm-hmm. folks, we don't know how many thousands of folks were in there. We know there's upwards of, of 20, 30, 40,000 folks who come through that. That place is not going to be the same in mm-hmm. the immediate aftermath of something. Like there are folks who were there, who witnessed it, who heard it. There are folks probably who were watching it through, through, through live stream or heard it happen over live stream. I mean, all of those folks are also impacted by, by, by by something like that so i appreciate you highlighting that for us to make sure that we that we can understand the 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 full extent of the of the, of the traumas in, in 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 something like this and, and 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 rev this is a tough question for you when these things happen we hear a lot of folks saying you know thoughts and prayers our thoughts and prayers you know Go out mm-hmm. to the victims. Go out to the community of 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 Houston's uh, Lakewood Church. Go out to the law enforcement officers who put their lives in the mind. You know, you know. But there are some folks who say, "Hey, like, what does it mean if we're just always giving thoughts and prayers and these things continue to happen?" You're right. This is a tough question. Um, because as a Christian woman, as a as a member of clergy, I believe that prayer changes things. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly believe that. Mm-hmm. But I do understand when people say, I'm tired of your prayers. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of your thoughts because it's not taking away what I feel in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend just earlier today tell me, you know, time heals. Mm-hmm. And in moments like this, it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. And what I've started to do when tragic things like this happen to people I know or I don't know, besides just saying I'm praying for you, you know, I, I, my, you're in my thoughts and prayers. I put some action behind it. Mm. Right. Um, and in this case, what what would be the action, Doc? The action would be uh, if you're in that localized area or if you are licensed for that localized area of Houston, this might be a chance to partner with some of those ministries that are in there, the greeters, the ushers, mm-hmm. the hospitality, mm-hmm. and offer some mental services to them. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're praying for you, but we're going to help you go through this. Because mm-hmm. I can only imagine what the security ministry feels like right now, Doc. You know that's my next question. You know that's my next they question. They let somebody come into the church. They're devastated. You know that they are devastated. Mm-hmm. They feel they probably feel like they were not doing their job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they were. Mm-hmm. They were. But also, to be honest with you, there are very few security ministries that are capable of stopping one person with an AR-15. They're not, exactly. they're not, they're not built for that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, the question I want to ask you is, how does this, you know, I'm sure they're going to make changes in the security protocols at Lakewood Church. But I'm curious as to because this is such a prominent mega church nationally. I'm curious as to whether or not you think that the security ministries and 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 um, uh, church leaders are going to want to change security, right? Because that's what you see happen. That is what that's what's happening in other institutions, right? Is that yeah. you know this it's this is terrorism. Somebody terrorizes the space, and then security protocols get heightened for all of us. How do you think you know religious leaders and church leaders and security ministries are going to respond? Uh, to this particularly tragic incident? 
Well, I think for churches that can definitely afford it, they'll beef up security, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, they'll, they'll, when I, when I say afford it, I mean they can afford to have maybe ex officers mm-hmm. and a part of their ministry be there. People that are licensed to carry it, but licensed to carry and know what to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think they'll definitely hire a few of those if they can afford that Mm -hmm. for churches like mine who, who may not be able to afford that. I think we'll still beef up security. Right. Mm -hmm. But maybe instead of having um, people who are ex officers and stuff, they might just have people who are licensed to carry, Mm. you know, which can still be dangerous because just because you're licensed to carry doesn't mean you're always trained properly and training is very important. I think that's another thing that'll be different for security ministries now. It won't just be whoever is willing to serve and whoever is, whoever is maybe fit the weight requirement. Right. Uh, but who is sit, willing to sit through some trainings? Who's willing to, uh, to really go to a, a gun range, maybe in practice on how to shoot someone without, uh, killing them? Wow. Um, I think things like that is going to have to take precedent now in a few churches and, uh, it's sad to say that that needs to that needs to be. Mm. But we have seen historically, Dr. Peterson, that churches are forever being targeted. Mm-hmm. And you I know, think but now for black in, churches, that's just a historical fact. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think now is just a time in this 21st century as um multi-generational churches come together, multicultural churches come together is now a fact that. All churches now have to look at this with something, something that once was just historically African-American problem is now a problem at whole. Wow. Reverend Kayla J., thank you so much for for joining us and giving us that astute analysis and breakdown of 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 Lakewood, but also um, of this particularly tragic story uh, coming out of Houston uh, this week. Really, really do um, uh, appreciate you. Uh, joining us here on Evening Words. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.